Random Eggs Productions presents the Marvel Cinematic Universe's Avengers Rewatch with your hosts, Justin and Mark. Join us as we watch Earth's mightiest heroes, the Avengers, fight to save mankind in preparation for the galaxy's biggest threat, Thanos. Welcome everyone to the Marvel Avengers Rewatch series. We are your hosts, the Credulous Nerds. Today we'll be talking about Iron Man 3. And my name is Justin, and as always I have my co-host with me, Mark. Hey guys, how's it going? And today we'll be talking about the seventh episode in our Avengers Rewatch series, Iron Man 3. And to give a little background about this film, uh, it came out in 2013, and it was directed by Shane Black... And I hadn't heard of Shane Black before, so I looked him up on IMDb. And he's done a couple movies here and there, but he's most uh, famous for writing Lethal Weapon 1 and 2. And that's way back in the 80s, if I remember correctly, because I remember watching and talking about those movies in high school, which was 80s for me. (laughs) And then he also wrote, he's also writing the new Predator movie that's due to be released sometime in the near future yeah no i i'm actually kind of looking forward to the new predator i'll watch it because i i'm a fan of that whole series but none of them have ever really done amazing have you noticed that like it seems like the original one did okay probably because arnold schwarzenegger was in it but after that i don't know if it's the story or what it has just never been as good i think yeah the first one was pretty self-contained. You know, it happened in the jungle with a small group of guys. And, you know, it was just a lot of drama involved. And, you know, you feel this tension. And so it was really good that way. And then after that, they tried to expand it into, you know, he's attacking L.A. or whatever big city it was. Or he's now he's fighting all the aliens. And so, you know, it just kind of got more grandiose as time went on. I think they lost that original flavor. So we'll see how Shane Black does with this new one, if he goes back to those roots or Mm -hmm. he comes out with a a whole new different approach. But yeah, so those are kind of the main things that he's done or doing besides Iron Man 3. Um, I I think it's interesting that, you know, with Disney, with Marvel, I guess I should say, with these movies, uh, with Iron Man 1 and 2, you know, Jon Favreau directed them. And at the time, he wasn't that big, you know, he wasn't this big name. It was, people knew who he was for an actor, but as far as directing, he hadn't done much, if if anything, that I can recall. And then they go with, um, for Captain America, the first Avenger, they go with Joe Johnston, who's, he's done a couple things here and there, but no, no blockbusters or anything. And then uh, the same thing with Thor. I guess Kevin Brana, Kenneth Brana did Thor, and he's he's bigger name than most, I, I would say. Um, so, you know, no, no real big director names for these first movies, but yet they did really well. And they executed the vision and the story really well, and they're good movies. So that, I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. They able to pull that off. I think Josh Whedon for The Avengers is probably the biggest name they had. And he hadn't done that much as far as movies goes. I think Serenity was his big movie at the time that he did Avengers. So, 
yeah, good move by them. It worked. It paid out and worked well for them. Uh, as far as starring in the movie, we got the usual cast of characters with the Iron Man movies: Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark, Gwyneth Paltrow, Pepper Potts, Don Cheadle is back as Colonel Rhodes, Paul Bettany as Jarvis, John Favreau as Happy, Guy Pierce is a new introduction to this uh, Iron Man trilogy, and he played Aldrich Killian, who's a scientist. And then mm-hmm. Rebecca Hall is also new. She pay, she plays uh, Maya Hansen. And then Ben Kingsley is a big name. He played Trevor Slattery, a.k.a. the Mandarin. <laughs> you know, I at first I was kind of annoyed um, when, they, when they did get Guy Pearce. Uh, I don't know why. I have just never liked him. Uh-huh. But then... I started realizing I like all his movies, so I just think that he's cast so well. I hate all his characters, and but I like all his movies. Yeah. And like I've I've looked through the movies and like, hey, I've seen that. That was a good movie. Oh, this is a good movie. So, uh, kind of different. Like uh, probably the biggest one I think most people might remember him in is Count of Monte Cristo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he was. Yeah, that was a great one. He's been in other ones. Time Machine, I liked. I don't. Do you remember that one? Vaguely, from a while ago. Yeah, it's and he goes like his wife die, wife and kid die, so he goes back in time to save him, but he can never save him. Save him, so he goes into the future to try to find out why. And uh, so that's pretty cool. He was in the Prometheus series, um, Alien. Lawless. I mean, there's a bunch. He's done a ton of movies, but yeah, no, I I really like him cast, but I always hate his characters. Every time, I cannot stand his characters, but I really like his movies. Yeah, so he's a good actor then. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> cool. does what he needs to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this is uh, a Disney Marvel film. Uh, previous ones were Paramount or Universal. But this is around the time that Disney bought the distribution rights from Paramount, and they paid about $115 million for these distribution rights. So Disney owned Marvel, and they were producing the film, and Paramount was you know, just distributing to the different theaters, kind of fronting some money up front. And part of this deal with the money, it also included the, the rights for the Avengers. But... Um, with this deal, the some of the conditions were that Paramount would be the studio logo that you would see at the beginning and not Disney's. And that there was no reference to Disney made, you know, you know how they always do the in the beginning of the film they got, you know, a Paramount film, uh, you know, directed by this guy. You know, they got all these credits of, about who made the movie at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. You know, Disney wasn't mentioned at all until the very end of the closing credits. And it says, very simply, distributed by Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures. So this was the last time that Paramount was, you know, their name was all over a Marvel film. So from here on out, it's solely Disney. And, you know, they're the ones distributing and paying the money to get them made, get the movies made and that sort of thing. So... This is where we transition. And also, this movie starts, you know, phase two of the Avengers. So I think there's, you know, some crossover there as well. Chronologically, this movie is right after 
right after the Avengers. Uh, we see Tony Stark dealing with what happened in New York. He's got some PTSD, it looks like. So, you know, just right after the Avengers, this this movie picks up. So, there aren't any Infinity Stones in this film. There's no Shield connection. I don't know if Shield ever comes back. I think they're in the Winter Soldier, which is a couple movies down the road. But after that, I don't believe there's really much Shield connections in these movies. But none in this one. There is if you watch Agents of Shield. Like if you watch the series, it okay. there's some stuff that happens that leads up, and then there's some like crossover storylines. But there's no direct like it, there's nothing that actually points up. But in that in the movie or in the show, like stuff is going on, and then they start mentioning like, oh, you know, this happened over here, and so you know what's going on in the movies. But um, it just there's no. Like I said, direct crossover. You don't see characters in either one. but uh, So it does mention it, um, but it's like in the background. It doesn't have anything to do with the main storyline. Yeah. Okay. And there's no other Avengers involved with this movie, this film? Uh, no, which is weird. You know, you got guys taking over the world, and <laughs> I guess the other Avengers were chilling. Yeah, they're, they're hiding out. Yeah. At the end of the Avengers, right? They kind of disperse and go their own ways. Mm-hmm. But you think, you know, like, oh, my buddy, you know, Tony Stark, he needs some help. I better go do something. Yeah, yeah. Look, these guys kidnapped the president. Oh, it's cool. Uh, Iron Man's got it. We'll just chill. Yeah. Oh, Iron Man. Tony Stark's house just blew up. Oh well, I'll just hang out here. <laughs> I'll send him a text. Maybe he'll get it. Hey, hope you're well, buddy. Sorry about the home. Yeah, I'm sure he's good. <laughs> yeah, I always thought that was funny. Um, and, and that's kind of what I've said about DC, right? I hope DC doesn't fall into that trap. That, yeah. uh, And it looks like they are going to do some good crossovers. Um, but, you know, that's one thing that I've always thought was weird in these long series is that world-ending events and only one person's there. Yeah. Yeah, I think they need to address that. I think they started to a little bit in these later movies uh, with... Uh, oh, Civil War and stuff? Yeah. I think Civil War was like way over the top. I mean, everybody came. It was basically another Avengers movie. But, yeah, except uh, uh, Banner and Thor, right? Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Um, like I said earlier, this is the start of Phase 2. This is Chapter 1, Phase 2. And interestingly, interestingly enough, this film grossed over a billion dollars in theaters. So, I think it was kind of the fallout from the Avengers. Cause yeah, because Avengers did real well, right? Yeah, One and a half they, billion? Yeah, they did a lot as well. So, I think people were still on that high and they wanted to get more the Avengers. But they didn't get it. They just got Tony. Mm-hmm. But this was a good story. I thought it was better than uh, Iron Man 2 and in some ways better than their first Iron Man. So I think it was a, a good film in the in the timeline. So with Tony, like we said earlier, he has some anxiety from the attack on New York and you know who can blame him. It was pretty intense moments and he almost died going through that uh, wormhole and launching the nuclear missile and barely making it out. So, you know, he's got some PTSD from all those aliens shooting at him and him flying around. And so 
you know, he, he can't sleep at night. Uh, he has some anxiety, you know, it just shows that the vic- the victory that they obtained, you know, it, it wasn't without a cost. There's a personal toll that it took on them. And I think mm-hmm. we see it most with Tony. Did you, did you like that? I, uh, I don't know why, but I had a hard time buying into it. Like I, I can kind of get what they were doing right with the PTSD, mm-hmm. but I had a hard time connecting with it. And maybe it's because right. I'm not a superhero, right? But I could just never, I you know, I saw it and I was just like, okay, but you know, I, I don't, I'm not feeling it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe they just did a bad job portraying it. But for me, I could just never get into it. I, did you get into it? Could you like, were you like on the level with him or what? Well, I, I recognize that it could happen. Um, I don't see it happening with Tony as much. Maybe someone else. Um, Tony's always been the, the stalwart. You know, he's Iron Man, not only in costume, but as a person, right? Mm-hmm. He's got this ironclad personality that he's, he's strong. And so it was weird to see him in that state. And um, I thought it was a little too much, but I can recognize that it would be hard to live through that. I just didn't expect him to be the one that's reacting that way. If I had yeah. to pick one. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. And he starts just doing weird things too, right? Like when he buys that huge bunny yeah, for Pepper's birthday or something. And uh, just kind of crazy town, you know, a little – and like you said, maybe it was just a little over the top, like too much or something. And, and you know, he's having a flashback and then his Iron Man suit show, shows up and almost kills Pepper. And, yeah. you know, just weird things. So it was just kind of – I don't know. I just had a hard time – I don't know feeling for him i guess i don't know maybe maybe i'm a jerk (laughs) no i kind of got that impression too um i thought it was just they were trying to make us feel something that i didn't feel was organic to the story Mm -hmm. so here we got the introduction of the mandarin he's a terrorist with is it the ten rings is is he with the ten rings yeah, I mean, the Ten Rings logo is shown on, like, the videos that he sends out. There's the Ten Rings logo, and so I don't... Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was with the Ten Rings. I'm just not mm. sure if it's Nine Rings or Ten Rings. <laughs> I think I remember that, but... <laughs> Something Rings, Numbered Rings. Yeah, I'm pretty um, sure it's the Ten Rings. You know, I actually liked uh, the Mandarin as a bad guy obviously later in the show you find out you know trevor's trevor and he's just different type of guy but i i liked it i was like man this guy's like scary serious you know yeah. i i thought i thought that was a good twist on the whole story and then you find out you know it's uh this other guy's actually the bad guy you know the the man behind the scenes killian yeah yeah i thought it was well played uh I, at first, I was a little disappointed, you know, oh, it's just this English actor guy. But I thought it was a genius move. I mean, that's a pretty ballsy move to be able to, to pull that off, and not only in the story, but as a as a plot device, right? Mm-hmm. But it didn't bother me, and I, I'll explain why later on as we go through, probably towards the end. But um, I liked the Mandarin. You know, he got this sense of dread, and you really felt that he was gonna that he was dangerous and so um we got the iron patriot kind of running around trying to figure out where he's at trying to it's war machine it's war machine 
uh, Rhodey is trying to <laughs> figure out where he's at and, you know, shut him down. And he can't find him. So then we also got these Tony uh, stumbles upon these explosions that have, been, that have been happening. And I think Happy also, I can't remember how he, I think he was just following Killian's man because he was suspicious of him, right? And oh, so yeah. He, and he was like bugging him about the name tag, right? Yeah, the, yeah, the he, pass. <laughs> he's like, hey, name tag, buddy. You know, okay, yeah. whatever. Yeah, and that's right. He follows him and sees him. Uh, and he thinks he's dealing drugs. Like, he has no idea, right? He just thinks he's dealing drugs Yeah. Um, in that marketplace or something. Right. So he tracks him down and sees the interaction between the other guy. And so he confronts them, grabs a, a piece of evidence. But then the the guy, so they're, so a little side uh, story here about the, the movie is Killian has developed with Maya Hansen uh, a new formula to kind of create a, super soldiers. So they're back on the super soldiers again. You know. Mm-hmm. We saw it in Captain America. We saw it with the Hulk. Now they're trying to develop a new formula, and um, they're calling it Extremis. And it, what it can do, it can recode their DNA to create super soldiers and weaponize them. So not only are they, are they really you know, strong and powerful and all that stuff, but they can also be weapons where they will explode. Yeah, but it's pretty imperfect though, right? Because – yeah. Uh, some of them just like I don't know what happens. They overheat and explode, or become a yeah, bomb, they, or or something, right? Yeah, they call it regulating. You know, they ask like uh, the henchman asked him, "Hey, can you regulate?" And he says, "Yes." And he gives them the, the the extremists, but he can't regulate. He can't you know control it. And I don't know if that was an intent intentional or the guy was just you know it's too much for him, and he explodes and kills a bunch of people and happy was able to dodge most of the blast, but he is still injured and goes into a coma. Mm-hmm. But this super soldier is like, I have a hard time gauging it, right? I've, I've always wondered because uh, Killian goes toe-to-toe with Stark. So it makes me wonder if you'd go toe-to-toe with like a Captain America. You know, where does that super soldier stand? Because, I mean, these guys... Like in that explosion with Happy, that guy takes it, you know, and just walks out. He's like, oh, ain't no thing. You know, yeah. I'll just uh, heal right up. And he does in 10 seconds. And so it makes me wonder, man, where does that sit with the, you know, the other super soldiers that we know? Is yeah. is that on par? Is it better? Is it worse? I mean, I think it's better in some ways healing, but I don't think they have – they're strong or as fast as as um, Captain America. But it's hard to say because you just always you see him as fight Tony and gives Tony more than he can handle. Yeah. And back to your point earlier where we don't see any of the other Avengers, this would have been the perfect opportunity to bring in Steve Rogers or bring in Bruce Banner, right? And mm-hmm. have them go toe-to-toe with the Hulk. You know, how powerful is this extremist formula? You know, can Captain America defeat their super soldiers? Is it up to par? So I think missed opportunity there on the behalf of, you know, the storytellers. Yeah, yeah, that would have been a, a good thing. And then I've talked about this before, about the new uh, new movie coming out. Uh, what is it? 
Infinity Wars. Yeah. And um, makes you wonder if there's going to be some of uh, these super soldiers in it. Yeah. Um, I would like to see that. How would they come into the story, you think? Because they would be on the the bad side, right? They wouldn't be part of the Avengers, so... Yeah, who, they just who would be, bring them in? I, that's a good question. I don't know, but uh, I mean, you don't really know what happens to them. Did they get them all? Are they all dead? I, you, you don't know. You never heard. I, oh, Killian's dead, right? We know Killian's gone, but um, they, yeah, he's gone. Yeah, yeah, but uh, did they get all of them? Did they not? I mean, because I mean, you would think that there's got to be. I mean, he's got to have an army. Right, he's got to have people on his side, and uh, so I just don't know what they're going to do. I keep guessing, and my guesses are probably spot on, so I'm going <laughs> to stick with it. Well, it's interesting that they keep going back to the super soldier thing, right? Mm-hmm. They're always – someone's trying to figure out the super soldier uh, formula, serum, whatever, but they can't get it right. You know, after Steve Rogers, they can't get it right. And so where's this all going? Because if you just keep using it as a plot device that doesn't go anywhere, it's kind of like you know the, the Death Star in Star Wars. The first one's cool. Second one, okay. Starkiller base, oh, come on. Can't you come up with a different idea? You know, is there, <laughs> isn't there another weapon or another power you can use, right? It's kind of like that. Where you just like, build it bigger. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> if we see another super soldier program in a Marvel movie, I'm going to walk out. <laughs> not really but i'll be extremely disappointed no i get it i mean because they like you said they do it everywhere bruce banner um killian uh you know they did it uh, with the abomination yep right i mean they just like you said that that's an ongoing idea and and i think the only ones that really perfected it somehow were black panthers people right Oh, yeah. Yep. We saw that in the, the newest movie. Yeah, and I guess they ate some plant and had a, you know, I don't know, some peyote smoke and had a, <laughs> you know, vision quest. And, and then there you go. Yeah. Yeah, so lots of super soldiers going on, but uh, they're not working except for Steve Rogers and uh, T'Challa, King T'Challa. Yeah, so, but right. uh, no, we'll, we'll see. Like you said, let's get away from the super soldiers. Yeah. So Happy gets blown up. He's in a coma. Tony's pissed off. He challenges the Mandarin. I thought this was a pretty cool part. He's like, "This, my name's Tony Stark. I live at this address. Bring it, you know? <laughs> Come find me. Yep. And he did. <laughs> he sent three helicopters armed with missiles and machine guns and just a took out his house pepper pots barely escaped with her life you know she had to be put into the iron man suit and which which uh version was this again let's see so mark 34 42 mark 42 so this is the one where he oh, puts yeah. sensors into his arms and he can just open his hand kind of like thor and summon the suit to him <laughs> yeah, which is kind of neat, but, you know, like later in the movie when he's halfway across the country, yeah. you know, and he's like, and it's now. 
And now, you know, and he just keeps going up. Kind of impractical. Like I thought that some of his other suits were a little cooler, you know, like a little bit more ready, ready made. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little, um, I don't want to say unbelievable, but a little much. You know, how was the the signal getting across the country that fast? And, you know, is it satellite that's tracking the sensors? You know, just a lot of what ifs, you know, wondering what's going on there. But anyways, so Pepper gets put into uh, the Mark 42 suit and she's able to escape with Maya Hansen, who had come by to visit Tony. But Tony doesn't escape. He ends up getting the suit back from Pepper, but he falls into the the water with the rest of his mansion. And uh, Jarvis takes over and kind of rescues him. And they end up flying out to Tennessee. (laughs) So, Of all places. Yeah. I guess in rewatching it, I remembered that, you know, they were talking about going to Tennessee because there had been another explosion there that matched the one that Happy was involved in. And so he's like, set a flight plan to Tennessee and then stuff happens and he ends up. So probably just took him right there, like the last thing it had in its mind or something. Yeah, it was the last command, I believe. So he goes out there and he meets up with this kid. Who is probably the most annoying character in the Marvel Universe, Harley. <laughs> yeah. But I'm cold. <laughs> or whatever. And he's like, but we're connected and drives off. <laughs> that kid, man. Yeah, that he was uh Yep, I would freeze. Yeah, there were some some good moments with him, but overall I was like, oh man. Uh, and I think it was just more of the actor's portrayal. And I hate to say that, you know, I don't want to attack a child actors. I don't think it's fair, but I just wasn't feeling it. So, I mean, mm. he's got different roles in different films. So he's, you know, he's not suffering for work, but and even on IMDb, I looked it up, you know, who was this kid? And there's a note that he'll be back in Avengers four. So not this Avengers movie this year, but next Avengers. So I don't, I'm sure it's just a cameo, but I thought that was interesting. Yay. So he gets found by this kid. The kid, you know, kind of helps him out, gives him some food, a sandwich, right? And then works on it. I think that's another thing that bothered me about it. This kid is able to fix the Iron Man suit. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he, can't, he doesn't even have a functional potato gun that's yeah. very good. Well, I guess it, it does shoot good, but... Yeah, so he's able to help Tony fix the suit. And they kind of, they talk, they talk about Tony's PTSD. They go visit the explosion site, and he ends up meeting with the the soldier who exploded with with his mom and gets a file and is able to kind of figure out that... Um, Killian's company, AIM, AIM, is involved in in everything. So then that's when he kind of figures out he's got to talk to Killian. But there's some extremist agents that show up, and they, I think there was two of them. Yeah, there was the girl, and then the guy who's always chewing the gum. Yeah, Brant, uh, the girl's Brant, mm-hmm. and the guy's Cold Blood. Yeah. I guess. I guess that's a name these days. <laughs> Cold blood. Yeah. 
So they show up. Tony fights with uh, Brant and is able to outsmart her, and she gets blown up. And then uh, Coldwood captures him, though. Actually, he doesn't capture him. He captures the boy and holds him hostage to get Tony to do what he wants. But uh, they're able to escape, you know, disarm him and escape. And then Tony heads to Florida to track down Killian. So um, that's kind of the the general story that we have with this movie. Uh, when he tracks down Killian, there's he uncovers more of the mystery and so on. But some things that that I liked about this movie. Um, let's see where is it? Oh, in the opening scene uh, of this movie, it kind of starts out in 1999 on the eve of. The year 2000 they're in switzerland and there's a convention there and we see some characters that uh have been in other films or come back later in this film we see jensen who was from iron man the first iron man right mm-hmm. and it, that's the one where killian talk or when uh, jensen tells him right like like oh you were so drunk i didn't even know if you could stand or something it wasn't that the one yeah. he was referring to yeah yeah that was the moment okay so they kind of show that flashback and how they met, first of all, and then back in the cave. We, we can remember that. So uh, the, then we also see Killian there. He's kind of got uh, these funky teeth and he's a little disabled a little bit, looks like. And he, he tries to talk to Tony. Tony just, you know, he's, he's his usual drunk self and just blows him off, makes fun of him. Um, he's taking Maya Hansen back up to his hotel room so they can get busy. And she talks a little bit about what she's doing, like her experimental work. And uh, so that's when you first start to see extremists, the the very first um, kind of idea of what it is. It's She's working with it in plant form. So we see that. And then Tony, after their night, he kind of leaves. And she's working on her her work, her scientific work. So... That was the, the the start of this movie, and then it jumps forward to modern day. Well, uh, Tony does Tony does Killian wrong, right? He's like, yeah, meet me on the roof, and just yeah. ditches him. Right. Like, yeah, just harsh, man. Just, <laughs> uh, you know, and then it shows Killian up there, like loner style, and then he says later, right, he's like, that's when I knew, like. I, mean, I gotta kind of take the bull by its horns. Like that was his low point. I couldn't imagine because he said, "Right, I thinking about jumping off this this building and this, that, and the other." And uh, you know, so yeah. and I think in the movie it talks about that. You know, you kind of create your own demons. Yeah. And and here here's Tony, like not a care in the world back in the day, and creating a demon that's gonna haunt him haunt him in the future. Like killing is a direct result of Tony. Yeah. Yep. That was, I think that was a good tie in and how they handled that. I think it's uh, a good foreshadowing. So, you know, like you said, Killian decided he, he's not going to jump and he's going to do his own thing. He's going to take control of his life and his, his research. And I presumably that's when he meets up with Maya and they start working together. Or at least he remembers her and meets up with her later. So, uh, 
Yeah, so we see the Ten Rings throughout the the show. Ten Rings in the Mandarin. Uh, they're making terroristic threats and blowing things up. And I was was just curious about how could they hack every network in the United States with their messages. I thought that was interesting because that's mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I can't imagine that happening now. I mean, they could probably do a, a few, but I don't know. It's a, gov- it's a government job. <laughs> it's doable. Yep. yep. And then another funny thing is we see Gary the newsman. He meets up with him in uh, Tennessee somewhere, and <laughs> he's covering the beauty pageant, right? And he's got a—he's like the Tony Stark fanboy. Does his hair like him? Has a goatee like him? Has a tattoo of Tony Stark? That was just a funny moment, I thought. So. Uh, yeah. So we talked a little bit about the Mandarin. Um, when they, when Tony goes to Florida to try and track down Killian, he runs into the Mandarin first. And he's just totally surprised. Uh, you know, who is this guy? He's this weird, weak, old guy. You know, he's like, this is the Mandarin. And we see how he's, you know, Trevor Slattery. He's just this guy who's been in rehab he's been acting for for years and this is just another part for him and he's being paid to do this and he's he's pretty funny i mean i think that's why they were able to pull it off you know he was not who he we thought he was but he's this hilarious dude that's just going along for the ride and uh, i think that kind of helped ease us into what what was going on and then you start to realize who the real threat is right it's Killian Mm -hmm. and I think at this moment you also start to see Killian go from this nerdy guy to this you know real powerhouse you know he's the guy in charge he's powerful he's been he's injected himself with extremists as well he's able to control it and he's probably you know the ultimate super soldier from this extremist uh, formula so we kind of see how the Mandarin fades out and Killian steps up as as far as the villain goes. Um, so he, Killian, decides to get some insurance and he kidnaps Pepper Potts and he ends up injecting her with the extremists as well as a way to control Tony. So... Killian is able to capture Tony and he got him handcuffed and he talks to him and kind of gives him the rundown, you know, because of you, this is how I am. You know, he created this demon like we just talked about. And then Tony was able to escape. And this is the part where they capture the president on Air Force One, right? Oh, yeah. They use the Iron Patriot suit, right? Yeah. They're able to also capture War Machine, Iron Patriot. And (laughs) so then they are able to get the machine from Rhodey. Rhodey. And then their plan is to get, you know, the Cold Blood takes the suit to Air Force One, gets onto Air Force One, and then he, they think it's Rhodey, but he doesn't ever lift up his his mask or anything, so they don't know who it is. 
you just assume it is. And then he ends up taking over Air Force One and puts the president inside of the war machine suit, right? And then they send it back to, to Killian. So Iron Man, he shows up. He tries to thwart the, the attack, but ends up you know, blowing a hole inside the plane and all these passengers and you know, White House staffers get blown out into the the atmosphere. This is a pretty cool part. I mean we see what was it was there thirteen people that were falling? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and he's gotta go down and catch them all. Yeah, that was a pretty intense moment. He is able to catch them all and then kinda lower them into the water so they're safe. And then we see the suit get hit by a car. We think Tony's <laughs> dead, but no, he's just been controlling it via remote. <laughs> it was like his hero moment. He's like, da, 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 boom. And it's just like, <laughs> this truck just demolishes it. Yeah. <laughs> Destroys <laughs> a, his suit. So, so him and Rhodey don't have suits anymore. So they go, they figure out where the president is, where Killian is and where the pepper pots is. It's in this shipping yard. So they go out there and try to take over and get rescue those guys but we find out that there's tons of extremist soldiers there and so tony calls in the reinforcements what does he call it what is that called house house party or house yeah the house party protocol yeah that's right yeah house party protocol so all the suits that he'd been making because he can't sleep from the ptsd all those suits are buried in, not buried, but they're hiding in his basement somewhere at his destroyed mansion. And he initiates the protocol, and they all come flying back from, what is it, Santa Monica, California, yeah. to Florida in about uh, 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, those like, it's like the speed of light. Yeah. They flew there, and so they're getting attacked by the extremist soldiers. And then the suits show up, and there's a big battle between the Jarvis-controlled uh, Iron Man suits and the extremist soldiers. This so is a pretty, pretty cool, cool fight, right? Yeah, yeah. I it was probably one of my you know a little bit more favorite fights. Uh, you know, a lot of action going on. I mean, you get to see you know how how tough these things really are, you know, these super soldiers. I mean, they're, you know, standing pretty toe-to-toe with uh, the suits, but I'm not quite – so I've never actually seen one of Iron Man's blasts kill somebody, but apparently it does because these – all these super soldiers die, I guess. You don't really see, but beat them. I I don't know. You assume they died. Yeah, because they – if they fell down, they'd just get back up and start attacking again. So you'd have to disable them somehow by killing them, right? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, they, and then uh, his one big suit was pretty cool. Um, the big giant one, you know what I'm talking about? It holds up the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and then he's, he keeps trying to get in suits, and <laughs> they keep killing him. He's like, get me a suit. And they keep knock, like killing him left and right, so he, he doesn't have a suit at all. Yeah. So yeah, no, that was it. Was a good fight. I I enjoyed it. Um, real real entertaining fight. And if you haven't seen that fight, or if you want to see it again, just watch it. It's a great fight. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on there. It's well choreographed and wasn't too over the top, so it was fun to watch. 
Yeah, but so Pepper Potts is there, and she's been injected by the, the extremist serum, and she's kind of held hostage. So Tony has to rescue her, but he he fails, and Pepper falls into this big fire, and we think she's dead. So he's sad about that, and he gets angry and goes after Killian, and they they fight. He gets a, he gets the Mark Forty Two suit again. It reassembles itself and comes to Tony. And so he's in the suit fighting Killian, but he's strong enough to be able to overcome them. And, you know, all the suits that uh, are sent against him, he destroys them. He beats Tony with the suit and kind of makes you wonder, you know, so is now Killian the ultimate super soldier? You know, it goes back to a, you know, could he defeat the Hulk? Could he defeat uh, Captain America? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's, that would have been a good fight to see. So, uh, Rhodey's able to save the president. So they, they escape with, you know, war machine armor and go to safety. So then we got, uh, Tony and Killian duking it out. But then how does he, he puts Killian in the suit, the Mark 42 suit, and then blows up that suit. Right. And that's how yeah. Killian, Dies. It's like, yeah, like um, self destruction. Yeah, yeah. It just kind of sticks him in. But didn't uh, I thought Pepper had something to do with it? Yeah. So as with most films, the villain doesn't die the first time around. So, <laughs> so we think he's dead, and Pepper or no, Tony goes down and sees Pepper. She comes rocking out of the fire, and just then. Killian shows up again, and Pepper's got to starts fighting him, and she's the one that ends up dispatching Killian and killing him for the for good. So, and then that's the end of of that fight. Tony, throughout Iron Man one and two and and three, he has the he still has the injury with the shrapnel in his body. And so at the end of this film, he decides to finally get the, the surgery and have it removed. Uh, Pepper Potts is also uh, cured. Tony just says that he got Pepper straightened out, but it took some tinkering. So whatever that means, it's, it comes across that Pepper's been cured of the extremists. But I wouldn't be surprised to see her in the Avengers with that power. Yeah, because I, I keep asking that. Does she... Does she have that power? Because it never says she's cured, but you never see it again. Yeah, well, we don't really see her again. I mean, she has a cameo here and there, but you're not not like this film where there's action scenes and you know she's involved or anything like that. So I, th- I think she still has some sort of power, and we'll see it in the future. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I hope we'll see something. I mean, because she's still around. Like at first, I thought she was like just gone, you know, like going to be disappeared. But you know, she's still around. It showed her in Spider Man, right yeah. at the end there. So I just wonder. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll see it. So anyway, he doesn't need the arc reactor in his chest anymore, and he still claims to be Iron Man, though. Um. So I thought it was a good character arc. I mean, we got him at the beginning talking about creating his own demons, facing, you know, mistakes from the past. 
He's dealing with PTSD and feeling incapable of of being successful. But yeah, he's able to work through all that. And at the end, he decides to make a change in his life and, you know, stop being so dependent on the, the Iron Man suits and spend time with, with real people like Pepper and his friends. So I thought it was a good wrap-up of the Iron Man trilogy. What did, what did you think about Tony's journey from Iron Man 1 to, to this film? I think it's pretty good. I think we get to see an evolution of Tony, like go from, you know, the super narcissistic playboy guy to, you know, to start really questioning who he is from that argument with um, uh, Captain America in the Avengers when he's, you know, he's scared and, you know, Captain America's like, we got to do this for soldiers. He's like, I'm not a soldier. You know, he's scared to die, you know, and then he actually sacrifices himself to save the world. And then he's, you know, having a hard time dealing with it. And then you kind of see, you know, him emerge from from the tragedy and everything to to want to be better, to make the world a better place, you know. And um, that's his goal. You know, his goal is not to make more money or whatever. His goal is now just to make the world a better place, to make it safe, whatever whatever the means. And then we see that in future films, right, with uh, Avengers uh, Age of Ultron and when he – you know, says we should be watched over and things. So I just think this is a great evolution of Tony Stark to super narcissistic to super, you know, being the hero's hero, you know, like really doing a great job of putting other people first. I mean, he still has his obviously his uh, pretty self-absorbed type attitude and type thing, but I mean, it's a lot different now. And um, I I think that this is a good, film to wrap it up to kind of show him you know that he's changed his his thoughts on the world and and i've like i i like that i think they did a good job portraying that um i i like what they did with pepper pots you know because you kind of got you know somewhere in the second film in this film you were just kind of like what's her story what's she all about she's gonna stick around and be there now and again and uh you know they they did something with her and then they dropped it yeah i don't know what they're doing now so i, I want to see what they they're going to do with that um but no overall i i really like this movie I, th- I thought it was really good uh some of the fight scenes were pretty cool uh, i take some points away for you know just for his whole P- the whole ptsd thing i just couldn't get into it took some points away for the little kid um but uh you know i i like this i you know definitely uh definitely a fan favorite out there um the fight ending fight scene was legit i i mean i've got to give this a a solid four and a half stars you know a minus right there b plus i mean it's hard it's hard right because we were always saying these are all about a minus b plus (laughs) b b minus right but they are good movies and uh you know i don't think that this breaks my top five uh no. Justin and I recently came out with a top five list. If you want to see that, visit our Facebook page. Uh I'm sure we'll talk about it another time. But didn't break our top my top five, definitely, but I, I think it's in the top half. Yeah. And you know, definitely not my least va- favorite, but i I liked it. So Yeah. So I think the Avengers three movie will be movie eighteen in this uh series. So you're saying it's around nine, eight, maybe ten? 
Yeah, somewhere right in there. I mean, I definitely can put a lot of movies before it, but I can definitely put a bunch after it. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's kind of my might, thoughts. Yeah, I, I think it, it might be worth some time just to do a whole list. Like, hey, here's all the 18 movies, and this is where this falls in. Yeah. My least favorite. But, I mean, uh, I, I thought this was a great wrap-up to Tony's story. You know, just Tony. And um, I think the second one was a little little weak. Yeah. I think this one started out a little weak, but the middle and the end were great. Yeah. So out of the three Iron Man movies, uh, which one's your favorite? Iron Man 1, for Go sure. On. Yeah, it had too much wow factor in it. It was so – it was br- like the brand new, you know, with the Iron Man. And I, I remember watching the – the trailers when it came out right and it's got that music and i it was who, who sings that is that iron maiden i you know that i may be uh, way off there yeah it's um, one of those hair hair bands yeah like black sabbath see. i don't know let's see iron man song oh it is black sabbath black sabbath yep black sabbath. i wasn't alive you know in the 80s when you were in <laughs> high school so you know this band's a little better than i but no yeah I, I remember when that and black sabbath playing and it's got you know oh, i am iron man i was just like this is this is awesome this is amazing and i think there's something to be said for the wow factor of a movie yeah. for the new factor um yeah so definitely. iron man one's definitely the favorite i do have to put iron man three next before iron man two um yeah. but um, and I, I think this is really too. I think one of the redeeming values of Iron Man, the Iron Man series, is it's really before you got into the same old jokes all the time, right? And uh, and so I, I've really appreciated that about this series. Whereas, like when you see the Thors, you start seeing the same type of jokes over and over and over again, the same characters, blah blah blah. But but yeah, um, so Iron Man one, three, and two would be the list for the best Iron Man's. Yeah, that's that's my order as well. Um, Iron Man was the best one, but this was a close second. Um, so as far as the Stan Lee moment in this film, uh, he's at the beauty pageant in Tennessee. He's one of the judges. <laughs> I don't think he has a line. I think he just flashes a, a card that says 10 on it in one of the TV screens that is in the van with fanboy Gary. Um, and then the after credit scene, this movie starts out, like you mentioned that he's, you know, created some demons in the past and throughout the film, Tony's narrating different parts of the story. You can kind of tell he's in the future narrating, Hey, this is what happened, you know, in the past. So we get that throughout the film. And then the after credit scene, uh, we see, that he's sitting down with Bruce Banner and is telling him, you know, this story. And Bruce Banner's fallen asleep. He fell asleep around the beginning of the story. <laughs> so, he, you know, he wakes up and Tony's like, hey, man, were you listening to me? When, what do you remember the last part was? And he's like, uh, somewhere around, <laughs> you know, some moment in the beginning. And he's like, sorry, man, I'm just, I'm not that kind of doctor. You know, I'm not a therapist. <laughs> so that's kind of the, the end <laughs> credit scene there. And I believe it was, there was just the one. So I don't, yeah. Uh, so that's Iron Man 3, good movie. About the middle of the pack and the whole 18 movies that are out so far. 
definitely worth seeing. You know, you got to wrap up that Tony Stark arc and get ready for, you know, Age of Ultron, Civil War, and everything else that he's in. So that's that. I would give it probably a B plus as well. I mean, I think we might have to start getting into, you know, a B plus is what? 3.75. So we might have to get into, well, this was a 3.77. Yeah, <laughs> it's tough because you don't want to say they're bad because they're not bad. I think they're de- above average, but I don't think that they're much above average. So it's kind of like, well, you don't want to just say C plus because that seems kind of harsh. But if C's average, yeah, then I would give this a B minus. Yeah. But if we're going out of five stars, I'd give it three and a half to four stars, right? Which is B, B plus, you know, A minus, kind of right in there. So it's really hard depending on your value. I think it was definitely better than average, but below great. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should come up with our own rating system, our credulous nerds rating system. So. Yeah, we yeah we should because I mean it's hard because it seems like we're giving them all all B pluses you know uh, you know A minus whatever but it's like as a critic you have a tough job I think and that's what we're doing is being a critic and um, because there's really good parts in a lot of these movies and really bad parts so how do you you know how do you uh, average that out. And I yeah. think that we've had plenty of movies where we have said that was a horror, you know, C minus, you know, C plus. But, uh, you know, I think our own rating system might be good because then we can really, you know, to the listeners especially, they can, can understand where we're thinking, where we're coming in. And and uh, so, I mean, we'll, we'll have to talk about it, but um, definitely better than average movie, but below grade. I mean, I, I just got to stick with that. Yeah, I agree. And then the next up on the list is a one-shot, a Marvel one-shot, called All Hell the King. And this is about Trevor Slattery. Uh, at the end of Iron Man 3, he goes to jail because they finally capture him, and he's a terrorist. So they get him into jail, and this starts out with him in jail. And he's got all the inmates wrapped around his finger, you know, all the big tough dudes, you know, that run the, the jail, they all love him. And he's basically in charge there in, in prison. So pretty, and he's still kind of the same guy. He's a goofy guy, English accents, you know, not very strong looking. And what's funny is they, they always ask him, hey man, do the voice, do the voice. So then he'll do the, the Mandarin voice and they're like, oh, that's so awesome. And they just love it. And so he, he does kind of have that persona. He's a rock star. And they all love him for it. And so I thought it was interesting that the, they showed a, a scene of him walking down a hall from, from behind on his, you know, from the back. And he has a Captain America shield on his neck, a tattoo of the Captain America shield on his neck. And instead of a star, there's the, the letter A that's usually associated with anarchy. Kind of that uh, hand-drawn A, it looks like in the center of the shield. So I thought that was interesting. But anyway, he's this uh, one shot deals with him being interviewed in jail by a a reporter about, you know, his rise as the Mandarin. And as the reporters talking to him, uh, we see, you know, Trevor's talking about how he used to be an actor in Hollywood and he starred in a series called caged heat and they shot a pilot for it. So they show some footage from the pilot and it's like this, you know, early 80s uh, Magnum P.I. type show. Whoever 
uh, produced, is it Glenn A. Larson or one of those guys? No, it wasn't Glenn Larson, but one of those old school Hollywood TV show producers from the 80s. And he produced it, at least in this fictional show. And, you know, it shows these shots of Trevor being at this secret, or not a secret, but this uh, police agent, detective. He's, you know, chasing bad guys in his car and that sort of thing. So very humorous, uh, fits well with his personality. And he's this, the premise is that he's this Russian cop that came over from Russia and is working for LAPD and he's busting bad guys. So he's talking about that and he's talking about his, his experience as an actor. And we find out that the reporter that he's talking to is actually a Ten Rings agent. He works with the Ten Rings. And so we find out that they, because of what he was doing, they, they're angry with him and that there is a real Mandarin. And the Mandarin wants him taken out. Mm. So they, they've come to kill Slattery and they smuggled a gun in through the camera. The video camera. So he he pulls it out and he starts to he shoots some some guys that are there in the room with them. They try to kill Slattery, but he's able to um, not do that. But for some reason, instead of killing him, they he changes his mind and he decides to break him out of the prison so he can meet the Mandarin. And so that's kind of how they make off with Slattery. Is they capture him and say, "Hey, you're going to meet the real guy." And so after that, you know, that's the end. They show the credits. But even in the one shot, there's an after credit scene. And in this scene, we see Justin Hammer from Iron Man 2, you know, the, the Tony Stark wannabe. He's there, and there's this kind of this alternate take of this scene that we saw in this one shot of, of him looking at Slattery, talking crap about him, like, you know... He's reading a magazine about Pepper Potts, and he's still talking about Tony Stark and how he's like, yeah, Tony Stark has a boat. I have a boat, too, the same boat. You know, he's kind of, you know, talking about how, how like they are and they're best buddies and that sort of thing. So, um, <laughs> oh, that guy, man, he's so funny. He yeah. cracks me up. Uh, ben, is it Ben Kingsley, right? That's his name? Uh, For Slattery, yeah. Yeah, oh, man, he is such a good actor. Uh, he plays that guy so well, especially when it comes out. He's just like this dude, right? Just this dude that just, Hey man, they were just giving me money. They gave me what I wanted. I got beer. I got women. You know what I mean? Like he didn't care. Like he just, I don't know. He plays him so well. I just yeah. props to that character. Yeah. So it'd be interesting. I mean, they could bring back the Mandarin, the real Mandarin. And he's this badass dude that, you know, just takes over whatever agency you know maybe he's part of thanos's gang and the avengers i don't know i think all these side stories they have i think if they wrap them up which they've hinted at that they're going to do in avengers 3 and 4 but all these side stories they're going to wrap them up they're going to bring them in and they're going to play a part in the the films and they're going to wrap them up so if they can do that with the mandarin even if it's just you know a couple minutes he's got a cameo or something I think that'd be that'd be awesome. So that's that. The one shot, all hail the king. We see what happens to Slattery, how he gets broken out of jail and taken to meet the real Mandarin. Uh, next up in the Avengers rewatch series is Thor, the Dark World. And that's basically Thor 2, right? So we'll be talking about that next time. 
So we want to thank you guys for joining us and participating in this podcast and listening to it. Uh, we were loving these movies and we love talking about them. We're looking forward to um, the Avengers 3 coming out here. They moved the date up to, it was coming out May 4th, but they moved the date up to April 27th, a week early. So we're going to do you know do why? Some, I don't. I I don't know. I've, I thought it was weird that they would do that this close to, you know, it's only two months away. So. And what day is it coming out? I believe it's April 27th. And, and what that, was the original day? May 4th. Do you think because of Star Wars? That's the only thing I could come up with, you know, is May 4th is, you know, Star Wars Day. They've done some promotions with DVD releases, Blu-ray releases in the past, but nothing recent. And so, I don't know, maybe they have something planned for Star Wars Day, May 4th, and they want to vacate that day to do something. That's the only thing I can think of. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But we'll have to do double time, double up uh, a couple episodes. So you'll start seeing these come out a little bit quicker. But yeah, you can always find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the credulous nerds. You can find us on Twitter, the credulous nerds. Uh, we're on Instagram. Actually, on Twitter, we're just at credulous nerds. The credulous nerds was too long. For, for Twitter, so just at Credulous Nerds. We're on Instagram. You can listen to our podcast on SoundCloud.com, as well as uh, Stitcher on the app there. Pretty much any podcast player app where you search, you can find us. We're on iTunes, we're on Spreaker. So look us up, give us a listen, go to our website, randomangst.com, or the Credulous, actually, the CredulousNerds.com. And you'll find us there. So we want to thank you guys for listening. And you guys have a great night. See you guys.